0: Hey guys, Josh here. How are you going? Welcome back to the Podcaster's Survival Guide. You can find everything about today's show over at deadsetpodcasting.com. So super quick, today's episode is a rebroadcast of an interview from season one of the show back in 2017-2018 with Rob Greenley. So Rob at the time was working for Spreaker, a podcast hosting company based out of Europe. He's now working for Libsyn or Liberated Syndication, a podcasting company based out of the US. So I've cut out a lot of the Spreaker-related stuff, not because I have an issue with the platform, just some of the things we talk about, I'm not sure if they're still doing or they're still offering. So pretty much I've only left in the stuff that I think is most universal. I didn't realize until I listened back. We were talking about some kind of higher-level stuff, But Rob just has a way of making the higher level topics, dynamic ad insertion, that kind of stuff, feel more relevant to someone at my level and probably someone at your level. So he's a bit of a master at that. So I've left a lot of things in there that were happening in 2017, 2018 that are still relevant now. Some of these issues haven't really been sorted out at all. And some of the conversations we're still having three-ish years later Righto guys, let's do this thing. How important do you think it is for someone giving advice or discussing podcasting to have actually produced or hosted their own show?
1: (laughs) I think it definitely um, helps you uh, because I think you can give uh, much deeper deeper knowledge based on your own experiences. And I think that's, that's one of the power of podcasting is people share experiences. Um, And that's if you haven't produced a podcast before, or if you haven't been through that process, I don't think you can really understand what it really takes to actually do this. It's, it's not hard, but there's complexities to it that uh, someone who hasn't
0: produced one just wouldn't know about. I guess, This show is maybe more aimed at the serious hobbyists or you know, the more creative style podcaster for the lack of a better term, someone that's maybe more into the art than they are into monetization and all those kinds of things. Not that we're completely against shows or conversations that are about that, but I guess the one thing that I've always found, and maybe it comes from my music background, is that people who pontificate about how you should do something that you're actually creatively attached to don't actually realize the amount of fear that goes into creating something and then putting it out into the world and it not being exactly what you had envisaged and the vision that you had. And there seems to be a disconnect between a lot of podcasting advice and the amount of energy and heart that goes into making a more creative show. And I don't know if that's something that people have raised with you before, but it's almost like when you write a song, people don't actually understand that you're putting a lot of yourself out into the world in certain aspects, if the song you know, is that type of song. Is that something that you've come across in podcasting that the real heavy monetization talk is not actually as interesting or quite as pertinent to a lot of people as what the gurus tend to think it is? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, the thing about sharing knowledge about
1: how to podcast is that there's always this huge percentage of podcasting that you just can't share or you just can't, I guess a quantify into a, a teachable moment because podcasting, I believe for each of us is a unique and different process and unique and different experience. And we all, though I think many would like to just copycat what uh, people do in podcasting that's successful. I think it's pretty much impossible to copy what someone else does uh, because each of us are so different.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe, To be a bit more clear, I guess, and I completely agree with you, but I guess it's just not everyone is okay with the idea of monetizing their own stories and their own beliefs as what certain people in the industry think that we should be. And it's something something that I've I've grappled with.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, it's an interesting point because I was just thinking about that earlier this morning because I was doing doing another show and... um, and that topic came up is like, well, you don't really have to monetize this stuff. I I kind of th- feel like there, there's a lot of pressure on people to, to take that perspective with podcasting. Is that well, if you're going to do a show, you gotta gotta quit your day job and and you gotta make you know make a million dollars doing your podcast. All so somehow you're not successful in life, and I think that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself that maybe is not really fair or not really. Based on what your motivation is for actually doing a show to begin with because that certainly was has really never been my motivation for doing a show is to make money from advertising and i i don 't think that uh, generally if you have a passion about podcasting that you could ever rationalize that that ambition towards having advertising as a way to create a better show i don 't think that the audiences crave consuming advertisements, but I think audiences crave consuming um, you know, engaging and in interesting discussion and they like to learn from podcasts. So I, I, I think if you focus on the content part of it and the, the advertising part you may or may not do is really the correct approach here.
0: I think out of the hundreds of podcasts that I either do listen to or have, I think Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast is the only show where I've ever thought that show's better because of the ads. And it's only... <laughs> And it's only because he does... Really? Why is that? Why is that? Because I'm not sure whether you've ever listened to it, but he does by far the funniest, ahead, the funniest ad reads of anybody out there. And
1: Oh, okay. I'm, so I'm, he's turned the, the, those ads into content is what he's done. They're, so, is, they're so
0: good that he could release another show of just his ad reads. And anyone out there that's familiar with the show will probably back me up there. And I'm sure he loses a lot of advertisers pretty regularly. <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah, because he's probably pretty pretty brutal with them. Huh? Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, yes, and he just makes fun of them the whole time. So I guess just on the advertising conversation, and this isn't really a show where that comes up all that much, but I've got an expert on. So yourself and Rob from Libsyn and also Todd from Raw Voice have all been talking about, in your own ways, the idea of programmatic advertising, which anyone who follows this space has probably seen a dozen times. In the last 12 months minimum in an article or somewhere somewhere online, why would someone like me that doesn't actually really care if I ever have a big brand advertiser, how will that actually affect a podcaster like me? Because I hear you guys have worries, but it's not obvious to the whole space what going down that path might mean to someone that isn't actually directly involved in the programmatic. Is there some broader implication there on the space as a whole if we go down that path? it really is only going to impact you, well, maybe I should back up and
1: give a, I mean, if we're talking specifically about just programmatic, that's only really about advertising. If we start talking about dynamic ad insertion or dynamic insertion or that kind of technology, it's a little bit of a different spin on that topic, but but if we're talking about programmatic, um, programmatic uh, is really only, only going to impact shows that are interested in Um, Having dynamic ad insertion in their content and and how that's potentially going to bring in some advertisers that maybe have a history, a strong history on the radio side, uh, which tends to lean a little bit more towards radio like ads, though they may be shorter in duration. That ad may be more like what a brand advertiser might run in a, in a radio show, but it just may be a 15-second version of it or a 30-second version instead of a 45-second or 60-second version. So that's that's really at the core of what the concern really is. The technology itself of dynamic ad insertion linked up with programmatic isn't really the issue. It's, it's almost like giving someone a, a loaded gun, And that person doesn't know how to use it uh, is where the the issue really comes in with programmatic combined with dynamic ad insertion is that those technologies and tools can be used for good or they can be used for bad. And I think that the worry is is that uh, more often than not, they're going to be used for bad. And that's going to be to deliver awful ads into awful shows and make those shows not better but worse. And I think that's that's the concern and then also driving the CPMs down as well to lower levels than what they are today for, for a lot of programs.
0: Right. So just to clarify for someone that's not familiar with that process, is that because basically the ads will be more like radio or television where they will sit completely apart from the show itself and it's going to remove some of those things that work in podcasting like an audience specific promo code or... A tailored ad. Is that why you think that the CPMS are going to go down? Because the direct ROI is simply going to be harder to track because it's more of a branding exercise than a direct advertiser to audience kind of connection?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it, but it's also it's also the, the type of ad too. I mean, okay, right. uh, I mean as you lead host into, yeah, I mean, if you lead into using host reads in dynamic programmatic advertising platforms, then I think it you know you're you're able to bridge that that world, and it is technically possible to, to to use dynamic ad insertion with host reads and have it sound pretty much just like what you would do with a regular host read. You know that's embedded in the content, and the, the opportunity is to be able to to change out your host reads uh, across archives and into the future, and to be able to to maybe more target those host reads to listeners that maybe in areas of the country that maybe cater better or can drive stronger ROI for the advertisers. So there is some strengths there that can be had. It can also offer some variety of um, ads. It isn't the same ad all, all the time that's in your archives. Um, things can, can vary. And just like the example that you made about Bill Burr doing entertaining host reads, that can be a valuable piece of content, too, if it's done in a way that, um, but but the real issue with that is very few podcast hosts have the ability to do like what Bill Burr does. And so what you may might find is what winds up happening is that more and more of these dynamic ad insertions using programmatic become kind of like talent reads is is a term that I like to use. It's not necessarily the host of the show, but it's a it's a talent that Maybe has a similar voice to the host read uh, or, or the host, but those are done externally to to the program, and they can be inserted. It's almost like a co-host that did the actual ads for the show, but they're but they're done in more of a host read format. They're not done with the zingers and the and the um, the typical radio style ads. So. I'm not saying that that's better, um, necessarily than a regular host read where the host of the show actually voices those spots that are then dynamically inserted into the content. I, I just think it's a compromise and some, some shows, some podcasts, uh, because of the content that they have, they, they will never do host read ads because of the topic of the show. They don't want to be associated with any advertiser. So you have... A variety of situations that can come up. Um, it's a complicated area. And I think one of the the things that uh, Robin and Todd and I are, are, are concerned about is, is that that complication is going to be hard to execute and it's going to be expensive. And uh, it's going to potentially um, drive CPMs down no matter what, just because of the auction style um, selling process that typically follows uh, a programmatic Platform
0: that clears a lot of things up. I guess two things in there. Well, yeah. Well, it also muddies a lot of things too at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just from my point of view, and not exactly to play devil's advocate, but if I'm a, the host of a show, for example, and you're encouraging me, just as a a programmatic type provider, why would I choose to pre-record my host reads and then? when I'm live or when I'm recording, then have to try and morph my energy into the match, the previously recorded energy of the host read or the tone when I could just do that when I'm recording. Because that just seems like a lot of upfront work that then adds more work to the back end, but you also want to pay me less for it. It just seems like a bit of a twisted system because I can't imagine you can roll into a pre-recorded host read and not try to kind of match the tone or the energy. Otherwise it's going to really stick out to the audience and feel like an ad still. <laughs> I mean, obviously you would realize that that's potentially yeah, going to happen. I, mean, I, but <laughs> I
1: agree. I mean, it's, but it's, it's the question gets back to is it's, is it better than a radio style ad? And I would say, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It Sorry. Probably yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I guess it depends on what you're comparing it to, but I agree like like I said the, this stuff is messy i mean it's it's not gonna be a clean sweep here, but it does give the content provider, especially if you're creating um content that uh is not time sensitive uh if you're creating you know what's called the evergreen content uh which is like the holy grail of podcasting from a monetization perspective uh if you can keep your downloads flying out the door with old episodes as well as new ones, then you're going to make more money from dynamic ad insertion than you are from not having it because you're going to always be able to run the latest campaigns across your content. And that's the power of it. So if, if it is as simple, which I know it's not, but the concept is, is that as a host of a show, you're able to maintain some consistent level of energy right throughout your program because you're a consummate professional and You're able to voice your ads with the same kind of energy, and then at a certain point in your program, you just stop talking, right? I just stop, and that insertion goes in there, and then when I start up again, I start talking again, and this whole concept of a a hard break – um, is one of the problems, um, you know. As you think about podcasting, and I know it gets into these other gray areas of, of well, you, the audience needs to know when they're listening to an ad. Well, if a host read is done right, <clears throat> the audience will know that they're talking, that you're talking about a product, and you're going to probably um, give a promo code or you're going to give some sort of a kind of a lead into that. But it's not going to be as overt as a. Um, as like a bumper music exit, or we'll be right back with, you know, with the show after these messages. I mean, you're not going to be telling your audience that they can go to the kitchen now and get a, get a beer, you know? Yeah. So, which is, (laughs) which is what radio does. Right. And I, I did it for many years on my own uh, radio show that I did. So I, I understand how that works, you know? So it's, it's really bridging this, this kind of this chasm of trying to take the best of the technology and the best of podcasting and combine them into something that will generate results. But I I agree, just generally, it's not going to necessarily improve your your program. And um, a lot of podcasters aren't going to want to do it.
0: So, there's a bit of a 101 in (laughs) programmatic for everyone who's listening. That's awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Rob, for that. So, just to change direction (laughs) a little bit and maybe more in line with what podcasters' Survival Guide is normally about, I've heard you talk about in the past that you feel that show growth, episode growth, the number of new shows coming into the space is outpacing audience growth. And I don't know whether I've ever heard you actually have the room to expand upon exactly what you mean by that. So I was hoping today we could maybe talk about why you sound a little bit worried that there's just so many new shows, but maybe not quite as many listeners to match that explosion of shows.